0: In reality, without even realizing it, we tend to look at what people around us are doing and fall in line. Hey, boss today, I'd like to talk about direct response marketing, because if you want your business to succeed online, you need to think like a marketer. So Direct response marketing can make you reach. It may take a little bit of time, but it will get you there. Creating a direct response on your website is the core driver of your business. Make no mistake about that. But if you want to put rocket fuel in your tank, you'll need to develop some buzz around your offering, right? And that means meeting a fundamental human need that most marketers overlook. So I want you to reflect on this. As consumers, we all like to think that we are rational human beings. We're cool, calm, and collected about our purchasing decision, that we weigh the fact and all the benefits before we make come to a decision. But that's really not the case. In reality, without even realizing it, we tend to look at what people around us are doing and fall in line. For proof, there is this famous study conducted by a social psychologist, Solomon Ack, back in the 50s. So what Ash Ack, I may not be pronouncing it correct, was that he assembled about 123 participants. And each group of these participants were grouped with five to seven of some fake participants. And each participant was shown two cards, one card look like this, and the other one look like this. So what happened? It was that each participants were asked, which of the three lines on the second card match up with the first card, right? So each group of the participants were tested with 18 sets of different cards and the real participants was always being tested last. So as for the fake participants, in the first few tests, they'll try to choose the right answers. And beginning with the third test, they will deliberately select the wrong answers on the test. And out of the 18 tests, the fake participants all answer incorrectly on 12 of them. The idea of the study was to see how often that the real participant would go along with the group, even though the group had obviously chosen the wrong answer. Incredibly, the real participant went along with the obviously deluded majority, 32%, when the answer is so black and white. This matches this, this doesn't match this. Now imagine how that 32% would increase, right? When answers are less black and white, such as making a choice between two or more competing products, or a choice between doing nothing and buying your product. Another interesting study sheds additional light on this curious quirk of human nature. Now, in the 70s, there's a social psychologist by the name of Henry Touchbell. He defined what he called minimal groups. Groups of people with no real affinity, no common interest, culture, or tradition, no history whatsoever. So what Tajfel did was he assembled a group of teenage boys with no connection whatsoever to one another. They were being shown two paintings. Based on which painting you prefer, you are being grouped. So one group of the boys preferred a painting by Paul Klee and another group of boys prefer a painting by Wassily Kandinsky. So being teenage boys, you really care about art, right? You would expect that the membership in a group or the other would be meaningless. Who cares, right? That you like the same painting. But here's what happened next. Under the pretext of doing a study on decision making, each of the boys were then taken into a private booth to decide how to divide a monetary reward amongst the rest of the boys. None of these boys really knew each other, so they had absolutely nothing to gain or lose from dividing the award disproportionately to one group or the other. Yet, in the overwhelmingly majority of cases, that the money was indeed rewarded disproportionately. All the boys showed the same biases as if they had been part of a real meaningful group. Once again, the idea of belonging to a group, even one that is held together for only a few minutes under the slightest pretext, hold this weird, inexplicable pull over people. The common thread running through these two experiments is this. Individualism is largely an illusion. Our brains are programmed for group thinking. The various groups we belong to or wish that we belong to dictate our beliefs, attitude, and actions to a far greater degree than we realize, and we can easily be tricked into deferring into minimal groups without even realizing that we're actually part of them. My point here is this, is that if you want to boost your sales, you've got to go beyond selling products and services. You have to sell a social identity. Owning your product should satisfy one of your prospect's greatest human needs, which is the need to belong to something greater than themselves. The more meaningful the glue that creates this sense of belonging, the better. In other words, your business should stand for something and be important enough, be interesting enough to get people talking, spreading the gospel. Allow me to explain. Human beings are programmed to be together. Social ability is our species key evolutionary strategy. We're happier together. Our brains are developed through interaction with one another. We gain our sense of self largely through our membership or status within the tribe that we're in. And as a species, the better that we get along together, that we are together, had allowed us to dominate the planet. And this is why there's many people who felt this immense pressure to conform to the society, just like why so many boys in Henry Touchbell experiment instinctively supported their tribe, even though there wasn't a real tribe at all. Here's the thing without a sense of belonging, our very identities are in jeopardy. The groups that we belong to are part of their identity. So we tend to support them, we defend them, and we talk about them. Have you ever noticed how much of the conversations that go around you is just idle chit chat, right? We have this incredible need to just talk, 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 basically about nothing much. And Pretty much 50% of this conversation fall into this category. Why? It is our way of bonding with the people around us. And its primary purpose is building and reinforcing of social relationship. And that's why gossips and rumors are particularly so interesting to us. We are eternally fascinated by hearing the latest gossips of who's doing what with who and with what and who's not to be trusted. The interesting thing about rumours and gossip is that people that we talk about are either with us or against us. And as an instinct, we tend to just pick sides. So what's the secret to create positive buzz for your business is really not about your product or service. It's about what your product or service symbolizes. It's about the values and the ideologies it signifies for the people who own your product or service. If you look at any of the most successful, most enduring brands in the world, you'll see that the companies who possess these usually have one thing in common. They stand for something. They have values that transcends the need for profit, they communicate these values. And that's the secret sauce that creates that natural buzz around the products, right. And that's the same secret sauce That will spike the conversion of your web pages your funnels take apples for instance this is the company that most people love talking about and if you own an apple it's because you're an apple fan and owning an apple says something about you it communicates your identity you're a rebel you're committed to creative freedom like liberation right it's not the same as owning Microsoft or being a Microsoft user, they're the outsiders, right? And people don't see Apple as just another company out for the money. Apple mythology is filled with anecdotes and it communicates this idea and ideology of what a Apple user is supposed to be. For example, there's this story about how when Steve Jobs wanted to lure Pepsi, golden boy, John Scully away from, you know, his great pension to work at Pepsi to come to Apple. He's rumored to seal the deal with simple words. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to change the world? An Apple user feels that they are a part of this group that is changing the world, right? Same thing with Harley Davidson. Owning a Harley becomes part of those riders social identity they speak their own language they're part of a tribe what it really boils down to is passion in today's oversupplied world it's no longer enough to find out what people want and just give it to them as a competent business owner and marketer, Most of them are already doing this. The trouble is people often don't know what they want until you put it in front of them. Companies and businesses that create buzz that makes people feel a part of something. And customers often rally around those values or value proposition because they are genuinely able to magnify the want for your product. And people who own your product genuinely feel like they are changing the world in a meaningful way. And this takes Bold, honesty, courage, and conviction to be part of the business. It could mean breaking the rules, traversing new ground. It could mean spreading magnificent obsession for something and telling a compelling story that communicates that sense of identity, values, and search for meanings that bring people together around a common cause. And your responsibility as a business owner and a marketer is to bring the stories to life on your website. And the more connected the world becomes, really, the more isolated most of us are. People today are crying out for connection. And the internet is taking away from them the need for physical contact and interaction. And all that pent-up desire is finding new ways to express themselves in peer-to-peer or any technologies where everybody is now a publisher. We see it happening all around us on sites like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and thousands of community across internet where an idea can just be spread with a blink of eye. So I hope that this episode has given you a lot to think about, a lot to ponder on. And if you have any revelation or any plans, let me know. Most importantly, what are you going to do with this information? Let me know in my blog, the link is in the description. Um, Until next time, take care. You've got this, my boss.